Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Jesus, glory to God. Isn't God good? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Nita, I am glad that you recognize that I look good. That's, uh, you're a combination of me and mom. She makes up for my flaws. Glory to God. Which are few. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I, I just, I want to say this and I want to welcome those that are viewing by live stream as well as those that are in the auditorium. I believe today that someone, it doesn't have to be one, but somebody will be healed. If you have pain in your body right now, raise your hand. You got pain. While I am talking, because we're going to talk the Word of God, I'm believing that God is going to relieve you and heal you. Those that are viewing by live stream, I don't want you to be left out either. You got pain? While I'm talking, the Word of God, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, He sent His Word and healed them. Did you get that? Remember the, the uh, centurion soldier? He said, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house, but speak the word only, and my servant will be made whole. While I'm talking, if you will believe that. Now, what is belief? Holding that to be true. It's not true because I said it. It's true because I, I'm agreeing. It, it's because God said it, and I'm agreeing with it, and I get to benefit. Amen. Say this with me out loud. Today, I will be healed. Glory to God. I will be. Glory to Jesus. Also believe that there will be someone that will be touched, maybe that doesn't know Jesus or been away from him, that is going to have restoration in their life. Praise God. I want to continue. I can't help it. It's just something that God has us on. In the new creation, the Bible tells us in the, in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anybody, anybody, anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Okay? Now, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. You're not a has-been anymore. Okay? A new creation. Inside this new creation, now listen very carefully, God created the universe and he created it to function with systems. And every system... And system is nothing more than placing things in order. God is a God of order. We saw that if you've been following us 
and listening to the teaching for the number of weeks and probably, I don't know, months. I, I, I really don't know how long. But anyway, it's a principle. Each one of those systems have laws that govern them. Now, a law in our mind is something that has to be forced on us. Now, think about this for a moment. We think of it as forced on us. And we think of freedom without law. And that's not true. Lawlessness is a violation of those laws. A law is simply a principle based on truth defining proper function or proper protocol for the system to work. That's all it is. It's a principle based on truth. Now, when you have lawlessness, it's a, a, ignoring or a disregard for those laws that creates chaos or disorder. Let's just take it for example. Your digestive system is not created to function normally if you violate the laws by eating the whole pie in one setting, like Nita was talking about. And, and, and <laughs> you know, there used to be that uh, commercial, I don't know if y'all remember it or not, some of you are not that old, but uh, they used to uh, advertise Rolaids. How do you spell relief? Okay? Now, the reason why we want that relief is because we ate the whole thing. There's another commercial that says, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Okay? And I'm the type of person, if it's on my plate, I got to finish it. That's the way I've been trained. That's been my mentality. And uh, I am, I am, you know, I'm trying to learn that don't put more on your plate. You can always go back. But then you got to learn not to go back. Okay? Now... I can't believe I ate the whole thing, so how do you spell relief? Well, we, we used to have a sign in the front of the church, and we used to put, how do you spell relief? J-E-S-U-S. Jesus is the relief. Now, he's not just the relief from making a mistake or a shortcoming. Listen very carefully. We're going to get into some really interesting things today. I'm excited about it. He's not just the relief from violating a law that causes chaos in a system. Are you following that? Is that the way God did in Genesis? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, right? And the Word spoke and began to set things in order of importance. To make the system work. Okay? The same thing is true in the new creation. Because we're talking about two different creations now. We're talking about the physical creation. But we're also talking about the new creation. And when Adam and Eve partook of a, the sin. Ate of sin. Don't worry about the fruit. Of knowledge of good and evil. It through chaos in their 
spiritual system. Okay? And when it did, they uh, released the spirit of death for every human ever born. Except for Jesus, whose father was God. Okay? So it created now, or how could I say, it caused disorder in our being. And as a result of that disorder, we struggle to reach a standard in God that fallen human nature can never obtain. Okay, how many times you go to church, they can never obtain it. However, Jesus came and met those marks or met that standard, thereby giving us access to a new nature. My dad used to say it like this, and so you, you, need, you need to grasp this, because this is very key in what we're going to cover today. What makes the hog wallow in the mud? It's the nature of the pig. It's the nature of the hog. You can never, listen carefully, never buy external law. You can train the pig for a little bit, and I don't know why anybody want a pet pig. You know, it stays in the house. Because you still got the nature of the hog. Are y'all looking at me like I'm strange? What makes that mockingbird sing? It's the nature of the mockingbird. Okay? Do you go out there every morning and, and crack the whip and say... I want to hear you sing, Mockingbird. It's the nature of the bird. Now, in the new creation, God's system of new creation, life, life, okay, there are laws that govern or causes that system to function the way God created it. One of them is the law of faith. The law of faith. Now, too many times we've misinterpreted the law of faith to mean, I mean, law to mean that it's the opposite of grace. And in reality, it is not. The opposite of law is lawlessness. We see lawlessness in the streets of the United States, but it's not only just in the streets, it's in the White House. It's in the House of Congress. It's in the judicial system. It's in the entertainment system. Are you following me? It's in the educational system. It's in the church system. Okay? It's in every avenue of life. It's lawlessness. That lawlessness causes a chaos or a disorder. And God is not the, he's not the author of chaos or disorder. Quite the contrary, he's the author of order. Okay? So, 
Here's, here's why I'm, I'm going to teach on this today for just a little bit. And you're going to have to take it and run with it. All right? When you think of grace, understand this. Grace is the influence of God. How did God influence a chaotic world in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1? He began to set it in order. Okay? What happens to you, to you when you come to Jesus? You came a wreck, a mess. Your life is in chaos and disorder. Guess what God started doing? He started setting things in order. Right? And that order is based upon that law or a principle that is on truth, absolute. Now, listen to this. Glory to God. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge enlightening the eyes of our understanding that we may know the hope of your calling that's upon us. Everybody said? Amen. Amen Amen means so be it. By the way, true understanding has eyes. True understanding can see. Okay. That's what I I want to get to. In Romans chapter 8, we'll be reading verses 1 through 11 out of the King James. There is therefore... Now, no condemnation to those. Now, you need to get, if you've got a Bible, you need to underline this because it's, these are key. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, notice this. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, what is the flesh? The flesh is fallen human nature. So that means that you can be in Christ Jesus. Listen carefully. That means you can be in Christ Jesus. But if you yield to fallen human nature, condemnation's going to hit you. Oh, let's read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Most people stop right there. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I will be surprised if you ate the whole pie and you didn't feel miserable. Now, God will forgive you. Now, listen very carefully to this. Listen, listen carefully. God will forgive you. But your body may not. Because you violated the system that causes that body to operate. Now, in God forgiving you, he's going to heal you. You can find many places where Jesus healed people and forgave them simultaneously. But did he heal you to go back and repeat it again? What was he doing? He was setting your system. Healing is setting something in your physical body that's been in chaos or malfunctioning because of a law that's been violated. Okay? 
Quit worrying about whether, you know, it's your grandpa's fault. All, all we hear is, well, it's hereditary. Well, if I inherited it, my kids are going to inherit something too so I can change it. One of the greatest lies that New Testament believers believe. Greatest lies. And we've had many well-known preachers get up and preach it. Okay? The sins of the Father is going to be visited upon you. That's not New Testament. And so therefore, we, we, we're doomed to repeat what our forefathers did. That's not what the New Testament says. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture here in a moment. I don't give a flip what my great, 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 great granddaddy all the way back to Adam did. If you understand what we're fixing to read, if you begin to understand it, you're going to understand what Jesus did, and he broke that off. Generational curses don't belong to you. Listen to this. You walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Stop right here and look carefully. There's two laws. In order to stop one law, you're going to have to apply another law. But both of them are laws. The law of sin and death operates through fallen human nature. But the law of the spirit life that's in Christ Jesus freed me, frees me, listen carefully, frees me from that law that would condemn me of sin and death. Condemnation is a confining. When you hear things like, generational curses, for example, you automatically, well, it's hereditary. Forget that. God doesn't, God, God doesn't say, well, you know, I'm not going to heal you today because it's hereditary. Woo, shout me. Shout me down. I'm about to get excited. It ain't got, and listen. Well, my father was poor. My grandpa was poor. And I guess I'm going to be poor. You believed a bunch of bull. Glory to God. For what the law, and the law he's talking about, there's three different laws here he's talking about. He's talking the law of Moses, moral law, the moral code. That came through Moses for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through fallen human nature. That code, that law, the Bible declares, as you read in Romans, that it is good and righteous. But there was no power available with it for you to reach that standard. To qualify you, listen carefully, to qualify you to receive from God what Jesus deserves. Not what you deserve, I say what Jesus deserves. There's no power in that code. Now, 
it was given to bring and lay down external restraints for us trying to meet that. But every one of us failed at it at one time or another. If you ever violated it once, you violated it forever in the eyes of God. You can, because it has no power. It was external. By the way, you need to be teaching your children those commandments. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. Look at every one of them. Is that not the grace of God? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul? That's one of the commandments. Okay? That's one of the commandments. Is that not good? But there was that moral code was not in us. It was external. We could fake it, but we still couldn't make it. And I've heard well-known preachers, preachers that I respect and honor, make that statement, fake it until you make it. Are you kidding me? If you practice faking, what's going to be permanent in your life? Faking it. You don't practice fake. You practice the reality that's in Christ Jesus. You practice that reality, then you don't, never have, you don't ever have to fake it. And it doesn't matter whether anybody's around or not. It's a reality in your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, whoa, man. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through fallen human nature, God sending his own son in the likeness of that fallen human nature, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. God put condemnation where it belongs. If you're going to follow fallen human nature, you're going to be confined or condemned to stay there. It's the same practice that Nita was talking about early. If you murmur and complain, complaining confines you to stay where you're at. How many of you understand that thanksgiving, praise unto God, liberates you from that confinement? Now, which one is under the law of sin and death, and which one is under the law of the spirit life? Well, the one that praising, worshiping God, and being thankful, Right? And many of you know that you have to learn that those laws. You have to learn that. How many of you understand that a baby has to learn the law of gravity? As it grows, it's reconfirmed continuously. Right? That, that child that grows now and, and, and it's received enough strength to learn how to walk. And it got a lesson in the law of gravity. Taking two steps, falling flat down on, on its face, and mom and dad goes over there and picks it up. We don't slap it around and say, Well, you stupid fool, you should learn how to walk. That's not what mom and dad do. What does mom and dad do? Go over there and pick up that baby and, and, and console it and, and say, It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. 
and console it until the child quits the crying and quits focusing on the pain. You put the child back down again, and this child, guess what it does? It takes off trying to walk again, and this time it got five steps instead of two. And it learned the law of gravity again. Are you following me? Okay. So, when you're practicing thanksgiving, you're going to learn the law of sin and death is still present. Okay? And guess what you're going to do? You're going to have to get word-fed to be spirit-led. And the spirit life in Christ Jesus is what freed me from the law of sin and death. So I have to be word-fed. The word of God is alive, powerful, living word. It's got substance in it. The ability to help you to perform that which only could be done in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Getting real interesting. That the righteousness of the law, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. What law? That moral code that was given by Moses. Where's it going to be done? In us. That the righteousness of that moral code would be in us. Are you following that? I want, I want you to grasp that understanding right now. That it might be in us. Now, how's it going to, God's got to give us the nature of Christ. And when we receive the nature of Christ, we feed that nature with his word. And the more you feed it with his word, the stronger it becomes to dominate the weaknesses of fallen human nature. Are, are you, everybody with that? Glory to God. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Isn't that amazing? That it might, it might actually, we can actually, whoa, glory to God. We can actually fulfill the law. That is the grace of God. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Grasp that, grasp that, grasp that, grasp that. Grow strong in it, grow strong in it. Not in a self-righteous way, because if you're self-righteous, it's very evident then that you are falling prey to the lies of fallen human nature. Because if it, it, self-righteousness cannot produce it, that's what they were trying to do. And they had no moral ability. They had no strength on the inside to fulfill it because it was such a high standard. Who walk, look at this, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled as, he says it again, who walk not after the flesh or fallen human nature, but after the spirit life that's in Christ Jesus. Now, listen carefully. If a person truly is born again, 
I'm not talking about going through the rituals from the heart. I gave my heart to Jesus. And you feed your spirit on the Word of God. Okay? It's impossible for you to stay where you were at. Are you understanding what I'm just saying to you right now? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. One of the laws in the new creation is the law of faith. And the law of faith, listen carefully, the law of faith comes through hearing the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, guess what? The law of hearing and seeing goes into operation. What you meditate on. Now, see, here's the problem. Many people go to church or listen to a sermon, and they leave there, and they don't meditate. They don't let it resonate. They don't let it sink in. And because they don't, I, listen, I've seen people come, come, if God is talking to you, don't you think you ought to respect it enough to write it down? Because if you don't write it down, you won't meditate on it. There's no chance. How many of you can remember a seven-digit telephone number that someone quoted to you, but you only heard it one time. And you're going to remember it the rest of your life. Not going to happen. Just not going to happen. You ain't that good. Don't act like you are. Because you're not. Okay? And here's what I want to give you. I want to give you. Let's, let's just. <laughs> no, we won't. Yes, sir. I'll do it anyway. I want you to do this. When I say to three, I want you to bellow out your telephone number. Everybody. Ready? You too that are viewing by live stream. One, two, three. A four three nine six four four. Now y'all overheard me because I had the microphone. But here's my point. There are so many voices that we're listening, so much information that we're not distinguishing what God is saying. And then we want to know why we're living a confused life. When God talks, and do you want him to talk to you? then it's important that you have a pen and paper available to captivate it. I am so grateful that the, the forefathers of faith were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this down. You see, you begin to write it down and it'll become a living word in your spirit. When it becomes a living word in your spirit, you're not trying to get faith anymore. Guess what? Faith lives in you. 
Your faith level is based on your word level. If you have little words, you have little faith. Jesus gives us a clue when he was dealing with his disciples when he was here on earth. And he turns to them and he said, let's go to the other side. And they get in his ship. They woke him up and said, don't you care that we perish? And he said, where is your faith? I just got through, I just got through teaching you for hours here, uh, setting down on, 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 on the mount. Sermon on the mount. And then he said, let's go to the other side. And they get all bit. Well, don't you care that we perish? I got news for you. I got news for you. Some of us are going to listen today, go right out of here, maybe before the day's out. But I promise you before the week's out. And you're going to wonder, don't he care? Don't God care? Oh, God, why don't you care? And you heard the word of faith on Sunday morning. You understand what I'm saying? What happens is now because you're not using the law of hearing and it's seeing it. See, whatever you hear or focus your listening to is what I should say. Gives birth to confidence in it. Why do you think the world keeps repeating all the nonsense that you know is based on a lie, but then you again, you find yourself being caught up believing it. The law of seeing. Seeing something, and it's I-N-G, hearing and seeing more than once. The law of hearing and seeing. When you see it through the eye of faith, it gives birth to an image on the inside of you. People view life not as, as it really is. They view life the way they are on the inside. And God wants you to hear the word of God until it paints an image in your spirit that's different than what fallen human nature's painted in there. And it's an image of what God promised. Every promise in the Bible is God's will for you. I want to say that again. Every promise in the Bible is God's will for you. It cannot be separated. When God promises you something, he wants it in your life. He doesn't give you a promise and say, well, now, I don't know whether I really meant that or not. You're the one that's scratching your head wondering if God really meant it. God doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. And he doesn't mean anything that he doesn't say. Are you following me? He wants that image inside of you. Oh, man, I got to hurry now. Some of y'all got me off track. Watch this, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, fallen human nature, do mind the things of the flesh. If you're going to focus your life on the flesh, and flesh is all about you uh, not submitting to God's what it boils down to. If you, you Guess what you're going to do? You're going to find yourself violating 
the code of God for, to live the high life, and you're going to go right back into the law of sin and death. But they that are after the Spirit, remember the law of the Spirit life in Christ Jesus, do mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded, fallen human nature minded, is what? That means to every aspect of your life. That doesn't just mean physical death. It means death doomed to your relationships. Death doomed to peace. Death doomed to joy. Death doomed. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. It's going to mean death to your finances, death to your relationships, and the devil will keep you so confused and messed up, you won't even know who you are. Well, what do you think the world's done? Now they don't know whether to refer to themselves as he, she, or it. And they're trying to force that on you when you know the truth. You're a he or you're a she. You ain't an it. Well, I'm evolving. You're evolving into stupidity. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Peace. It depends on which one of those laws govern your system. And Jesus came along so that we could take the law of the spirit life and let it govern our life. And it frees me from the confines and the condemnation of, uh, uh, that goes under the category of fallen human nature. I don't have to live like that. Whew. Now watch this. Because the carnal mind, the mind that is filled with Fallen human nature is hostile or enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God that God wants to fulfill in us. He's the one that created us. You didn't create yourself. Let me ask you a question. Just, let's just be. How many of you decided to be born? And you decided what time in human history? How many of you decided what color you would be? You had no say-so on any of that. And I promise you, listen carefully, your parents did not have you on their mind when you were conceived. So that means they did something the way God created, whether it was in order or out of order. That caused you to be conceived. Which God had in his mind years ago. Before you were ever conscious. God had you in his mind to get you here. Even if you were delivered by the devil. Y'all missed that. Your parents could have been worthless. And God said, I still want them here. 
Are y'all, are y'all man, that, 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 that ought to set a bunch of you free. You know what they, you know what my parents, my parents had seven children. And, and I'm the youngest. Okay? I'm the youngest of them. And uh, the, the next one that's the closest to my age is nearly eight years older than me. So I was a child born in mom and dad's latter middle age. <laughs> and when my mother was pregnant, my dad was concerned because they thought I was a tumor. That's true. I, I'm not lying about it. That's, they thought I was a tumor. So I could carry that chip on my shoulders the rest of my life if I wanted to. See what, listen carefully, see what fallen human nature thought of me? Totally different than what God thought of me. And some of you probably think, maybe he is a tumor. Well, I'm going to blow up your plans. The point is, my parents, they loved me. I, th I thank God that my parents loved me. And I had great parents. Don't misunderstand me. But let me say this to you. God created you. And he did not create you to live under the curse of confusion, frustration, and lies of the devil. He created you to live in accordance with his law. And his law governs your life to where your life can have what he really created you to have. Wow. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So quit trying to bring fallen human nature under the influence of God's law. It won't produce the life of Christ. However, the life of Christ will elevate you to the standard of fulfilling that law code. So then they that are in the flesh, fallen human nature, cannot please God. But they are, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, uh, the body is dead. In other words, the body does not govern because of sin. But the spirit, the real you that's hidden inside this skin is life because of righteousness. Now watch verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead makes alive your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Listen very carefully. No sickness 
and disease is going to determine my length of life. The law of the spirit life that governs now my spirit is going to control my body to live the life that God has chosen for me. But you're going to have to apply the law of faith for that law to work. Because the circumstances we find us all in is opposing that law of the spirit life. So we have to use the law of faith to implement the law of the spirit life, which frees me from the law of sin and death. Now go with me to the book of Jeremiah real quickly. Glory to God. This was what God all along said. God has never done away with his law. I'm talking about his laws. He, how many of you noticed he didn't do away with the laws of the universe? Just because fallen human nature sinned in the garden. Y'all don't know that? You do know that the solar system still works. Okay, just thought I'd bring that out. The solar system still works. And by the way, I know that we need to, you know, exercise taking care of the planet, but climate change will not be governed by human activity. It only is governed by the law of God. If you can change the, church, the earth rotating on its axis and revolving around the sun, then you can change climate. Problem is, the body of Christ has believed a bunch of nonsense. And, 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 and then we don't know how to separate it, and we're confused. And God is saying, in these last days, I want a body of Christ. I want my body to be filled with my anointing, but they can only do that if they'll let me think through them if they'll let me believe through them, if they'll let me walk through them. They cannot be of this world and have power over this world. And it's amazing to me, listen carefully, it's amazing to me we've, we've turned over our education to our children to a bunch of heathens that are anti-God. Then we want to know why. Well, we, you know, we send, you know, we send them off. They're out of school now, and they're out to college. Then you want to know why they turned away from God. They turned away from God is because you forfeited all of your parental rights given by God. This is not by the government, by the way. By God to a bunch of heathens that are anti-God, and you want to know why they're mixed up in their thinking. But they got a degree on the wall. A degree of stupidity. Now, I'm not against, I am not against college. I'm just telling you, you cannot let the world promote their system. Well, now, they got into Princeton. Guess what they produce? A bunch of idiots. 
most of these colleges that we look up to or universities that we looked up to, if you go back to the foundation, were started by the church. Yeah, they, our forefathers wanted them to go to a university because they was going to study about God. But when you take God out, you just need to be careful where you send them. Okay. Now that I got that out of my system. Let's go on here to Hebrew, uh, I mean, Jeremiah chapter 31. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read verses 29, and I'll read them through verse 34. I want you to pay very, very close attention. He's talking about God restoring Israel. Okay? But he's not going to restore Israel the way they think. Okay? Watch this. In those days they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. If you find out what that really means, it means that you're not going to pay for what your ancestry did. Like so much of society is trying to get you to do. Hello, Wall. He says, I'm not going to let, I'm, that's not going to happen. Question, is the nation of Israel restored? It's in the process right now. We got a nation called Israel. And he says, in those days, they shall no more say the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's going, the teeth are set on edge. They're not going, they're not going to pay for it. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Are y'all here? So it doesn't matter what your ancestry did, if you will apply the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus you don't have to repeat their foolish mistakes physically, mentally, financially, politically, socially. Glory to God. I thought that set you free. Glory to God. I know it does me. Behold it, because I don't know what's in my ancestry. With all the good that you find, I guarantee you find equal bad. We never talk about the bad. They, they promote ancestry on there, get your DNA. And, and, they, and they talk about all the good stuff. But they don't tell you nothing about the bad stuff. Y'all may have already done it. That's the reason why you're probably not responding too much. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband or a leader to them, we could say, 
But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all they shall all know me, from the least of, of, of them unto the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now, what he's talking about is that he's going to know that every person's going to know God for themselves. Have a personal relationship. We're not having to go through any other priest than the great high priest, Jesus Christ. Do you know that you don't have to get me on the telephone to get a hold of God? Boy, that relieved me as a pastor when I found out. I can sleep at night. I can cut my phone off and don't have to worry about it. And you're still going to be okay. Because I've trained you and taught you to understand how to use the law of faith yourself where you have access to God the Father and you can enjoy the benefits of what Jesus paid for. You can pray the prayer of faith and change things. You. It's liberating in this generation to find out that I don't have to have the preacher to talk to God. And yet there are some that still want to hitchhike on that way of thinking. There comes a time where you're going to have to know God yourself if you don't you're going to make foolish choices now before I finish this off if you go on down here to verse 35 you're going to find out that God says he says thus saith the Lord which giveth the sun for a light in other words he said if you can break my universe system the system that I created with my word, if you can break that, then this, this covenant will be broken. Now, how many of you think that all of us together can stop the earth from rotating on its axis? How many of you think that all of us together can stop the earth from revolving around the sun? God says, my word is what spoke that into being. And only if you can stop that from happening will my new covenant not work. You go on and read it for, the, for yourself. Isn't that amazing? So you know what that gives me? God says, I'm not asking you to invent your own law or try to self-righteously approach me. I want you to approach me based upon how I've set this new covenant up. 
It's a new way of living. It's a system that I created. And if you'll use the law of faith, and if you'll use the law of the spirit life, and if you will use the royal law of love, then you can have, you can have all that I paid for. And you don't have to wait until you die to get there. Oh, I'm going to close with this. Somebody's going to be healed. Well, a few of you got to, you know, Jesus couldn't do any mighty miracles in his own hometown, save sick, heal a few little sickly folk. <laughs> Somebody's going to get healed today. Now, I want to read this in closing. Romans. Chapter 8, out of the message translation. Verses 1 through 11. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you are ready. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continu continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fateful lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Boy, now you understand the parallels that God is dealing with this nation about and dealt with our forefathers about. God went for the juggler when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. <laughs> Entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law code is, is great. Jesus fulfilled it. But there was weakness in fallen human nature that couldn't perform it. But the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus does. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we. Listen to that. It is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, or excuse me, redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral mus muscle, which is nothing, but never can get around to exercising in its real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Oh, 
Say that, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is dead is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into an open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores, that person who ignores God, uh, God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased with being ignored. This is carefully. I'm going to say it another way. God's not pleased with us ignoring what he said. Hmm. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking, hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, yourself your, you yourself experience life in God's terms. And it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he will do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. Glory to God. Bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, he does as he, surely as he did in Jesus. You are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ's. Now, folks, why it's so important to understand, quit letting this world system confuse you. Quit letting it confuse you. As long as you put more confidence in what the world says than you do in God, you're going to fall back under the condemnation of fallen human nature. Let me say it another way. When I say condemnation, many people think that I'm saying, well, you should, you know, where you regret, regret, regret. It includes that. But condemnation means you're doomed to make the same stupid choices that got you in that situation to begin with. That's the thing about condemnation. It keeps you like a dog chasing its tail. And, and, and one of the, I think it's one of the Proverbs, it's like a, a dog eating its own vomit. Jesus didn't come to forgive you so you could go eat your vomit again. He came to deliver you from that so you don't chase your tail, so you don't go back to that vomit, so you don't live like that. And guess what? The devil wants to turn 
the only nation in the world where we've had freedom to worship God on this level. He wants to turn this nation back to uh, other nations that have failed, that have ate their own vomit. That's what socialism is. Communism is. That's what it is. It's an ideology based on self-righteousness, which is influenced by fallen human nature. But a freedom, but a freedom to believe God, take Him at His word, and absolutely obey it and live that freed life. Glory to God. Jesus came. And I'm going to tell you right now, just saying this, but I'm going to pray for you. You're going, the healing power of God's available. That's why God's brought up this nation in the last days. When you consider human history, when you consider human history, America's 200, 300-year experience is still in the last days. You understand that? The last 500 years is in the last of the 6,000 years that God dealt with man. So guess what? America was brought on the scene in the last days so that there would be freedom to share what I just shared with you. Glory to God. God's not finished with this nation yet. He's still got the word that has to be brought forth, preached, taught, prophesied to this generation. Glory to God. Now I'm going to pray, and when I pray in just a moment, healing is going to be made available to you. You that are here in this auditorium and you that are viewing by live stream. Somebody is going to get this. You've got to decide if it's going to be you. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. The law of the spirit life, we're going to apply it. What Jesus did at the cross, that life right now defeated death, hell, and the grave. And that law has been given to us to exercise. We exercise it now and we say the law of disease and death will have to yield to the law of the spirit life. We speak to you in the mighty name of Jesus through the merits of the cross and the power of the resurrection of Jesus and in authority of his name. And we declare and rebuke you in Jesus' name. We declare the healing virtue of God. And we rebuke sickness and disease. All manner of pain that comes as a result of that sickness and disease. Command you to go. Father, we thank you right now. We receive the law of the Spirit life. Glory to God. We receive it right now. Glory to God. We receive it right now. We receive the law of the Spirit life in Christ Jesus right now, which is freeing us 
from the law of sickness and disease. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let that resonate in your spirit. Let it resonate in your spirit. Glory be to God. Now, Father, we thank you that your spirit is now working in their spirit. Working a cure in their body. Lord, we, we're not here condemning doctors. They only can do what they know what, what, what to do. But they're blinded to the devil that did it. Father, we, you laid the axe at the root of that tree. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you believe that, you begin to praise him and thank him for it. Begin to thank him for it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We're grateful. Oh, hallelujah. If somebody's going to hand you $1,000 in $100 bills, And they put it in your hand. Are you going to re- pull your hand back? Or are you going to receive it and say, thank you very much? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we thank you right now. Prodigals are coming home. Someone in the sound of my voice, the Spirit of God is dealing with you, wooing you. You've done it your own way long enough. Aren't you tired of failure? Aren't you tired of running? Aren't you tired of about the time you take one step forward, you have to take five or six steps back? Aren't you tired of that? For you'll never gain or get ahead because the law of the spirit life, I mean, because of the law of sin and death has condemned you to stay where you're at. But the good news, the law of the spirit life is made available. Humble yourself to Jesus. and Say, Jesus, come live your life in me. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father, right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for those individuals. Now, Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. As we get ready to leave this place, we thank you that your influence in our thoughts and our attitudes and our emotions will surround us like a shield. Everywhere we go, every condition that we're confronted with, your influence, your grace on our thinking, our reasoning, our attitudes, our emotions will take over. And we'll hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you've commissioned your angels to watch over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the authority of your name that's above every name. And we invoke that name right now. We declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any. 
Father, fill us so full of your love. As we go out into our everyday lives and every person we come in contact with, let your love just ooze out of us and touch them. Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Say this with me out loud as you stand up. Say this out with me out loud. The law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. Give somebody a high five. Say, I'm glad you were here today. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.